Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into the Positive Head Podcast, where you can always count on hearing fascinating discussions and interviews with the best and brightest consciousness change makers that are out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. And if you enjoy the Positive Head podcast, please be sure to follow us on iTunes by subscribing there and also be sure to leave us a good review. In the podcast world, good reviews and subscribers on iTunes really are the holy grail. I mean, the more subscribers and good reviews you get, the more exposure you get. So if you love the show or even just like it a little bit, (laughs) please subscribe, give us a good review on iTunes. I assure you the support will be very much appreciated and I'm confident the good karma gods will rain blessings down upon thee for doing so. Also, if you haven't been over to positivehead.com lately, we have some really cool new things going on. I'm super excited to announce the launch of our new line of t-shirts. Of course, we printed up the typical stuff you'd expect, you know, positive head tees with our uh, super cool flower of life inspired logo, but Uh, We also have some very unique tees that uh, have what we call chemistry uh, quotes written out on them. Now, if you're wondering what the heck a chemistry quote is, well, I won't spoil the surprise. Actually, you'll just have to go over to the site, check them out for yourself. Also, I'm pleased to announce that this week's episode is the first Positive Head podcast episode to be sponsored by an outside company. This week's episode is sponsored by a brand new program called Procabulary. Procabulary is designed to help you improve what is arguably the most important tool you have to improve your life circumstances, your language. For those of you who have been listening to the Positive Head podcast since the very beginning, you've probably noticed that we haven't had any sponsors for the show as of yet, and there's a very good reason for that. The reason for that is that we were insistent on waiting to align with a sponsor that was offering a product that the Positive Head team really, really believed in. We really wanted to partner with a company that had a product that we could feel uh, great about getting behind and also feel really good about them getting behind us and acting as a sponsor for our show. Well, I'm happy to say that day has finally arrived with Procabulary. Procabulary truly is a brilliant language program that you can now enroll in at Procabulary. Uh, I just personally completed the Procabulary Core Language Upgrade course a few days ago, and the great thing about it is that it only takes about 10 minutes a day, spanned over 21 days to complete. I personally found the minimum daily time requirement made it really easy to digest and assimilate the empowering information I was receiving each day. And if I had to to, uh, define what I learned, I would say the vocabulary course material is designed to help you analyze and then reprogram the way you use your words and language to create your reality. I personally believe writing out words is called spelling for a very good reason. Uh, reason You're literally casting an energetic spell every time you open your mouth, which means it is of the utmost importance that you have uh, a foundational understanding about the power or lack of power that the words you are choosing to use conjures up. I personally found the Core Language Upgrade coursework fascinating, uh, extremely helpful, highly relevant to consciously creating the circumstances of my day-to-day life. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know I'm constantly talking about how we all create our reality with our thoughts and words. 
Well, what Procrabulary does is it actually provides you with an incredible, easy-to-follow roadmap that shows you how to go about reprogramming your language so that you can start getting better results in every aspect of your life. Now, as a Positive Head podcast listener, if you decide to go to Procabulary.org and purchase any of their online courses, you'll get $50 off if you use the promo code POSITIVEHEAD, all one word, uh, on the checkout page. As far as which program I recommend, I personally recommend that everyone starts, uh, start with the beginner course. Uh, it's called Core Language Upgrade, and the retail price for that course is $299. I would say it's worth every penny after having just went through it. But of course, with the positive head promo code, it only costs you $249 after your discount. So once again, if you're interested in upgrading your language skills, head over to procabulary.org, use the positive head promo code to claim your $50 off. Now then, if you need a bit more convincing for this week's episode, I want to give you guys a sample of what I'm actually talking about with all this vocabulary stuff, which is why I'm really excited to announce uh, that on this week's episode, I have vocabulary co-founder and language expert extraordinaire Mark England here with me. Uh, hello, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hello, Brandon. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, we've known each other for some time, actually. And uh, I, just to kind of fill people in, I went to uh, one of your workshops a little over a year ago. And uh, at that time, I was, I was so fascinated with the, the subject matter. And when I learned that you were coming out with this new uh, online program that made it so much more accessible to you know, people all over the world, I knew uh, I had to have you on the show. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah. Thank you for contacting me. And uh, yeah, pleasure, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Likewise, likewise. So I guess the best place to start uh, is at the beginning. Tell me, why don't you tell us all a little bit about yourself and what, of course, led you down the path of, you know, perfecting and educating others on how to improve their relationship with language? Okay, cool. Is this a good time, Brandon, to mention the synchronicity that we talked about earlier? You know what? It's always a good time for synchronicity it's stories on my show. Time. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Synchronicity is fascinating stuff. Okay. So here's one of the biggest synchronicities that ha I've, I've experienced thus far in my life, which directly led me down the path uh, of, of language and story creation and, and, and also why we're having this conversation, this podcast right now. Great. I opened two emails my, my four and a half years at Radford University, two emails from career services. The first one was the first week of school. And I, for a variety of reasons, <laughs> I have no idea what that one said. The second email that I opened was the last week of school. And for four and a half years, I just deleted, deleted, deleted emails from career services. This right. one particular email, which, which had the same title as all the other ones, something said, open it. Mm -hmm. So I opened it and this is what happened. I look at the email and it says, teach English in Thailand. I wow. stare at the screen. I look up at the ceiling for a long second. I look back down at the screen, read the, the headline again, look back up, look back down one more time and make my decision. I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm going to Thailand. Wow. I've been involved in Thai boxing and mixed martial arts in college. I was competitive 
and uh, it was it was more important to me than my degree. It was it was it was the well, it was I based my identity around being a mixed martial artist, right. and so going having a, a an excuse, quote unquote, to go to Thailand and train was it was that that was the swing vote. And my girlfriend, she was three semesters behind me. So I went back to Richmond, Virginia and waited for her to graduate. I worked odd jobs and kept training and kept competing. We moved over there, Brandon, and to what was at the time my worst nightmare. Uh, Shortly after I got there, three months after I got there, I got hurt training. Oh, wow. me and all my brilliance kept training and I got hurt again. It was, I, I, I did my knee twice over there. I had to have surgery and the Thai doctor <laughs> with, with a very thick Thai accent told me that my career as a kickboxer, as a fighter was over. Wow. And that led me to becoming in a, in a very short amount of time, a bitter individual. And I lost my sense of humor. Have you ever done that, man? Have you ever lost your sense of humor for any amount of time? Very briefly. Uh, I, I, I couldn't say for an extended period of time, but I've certainly fallen into uh, grumpy fits. <laughs> but Bro, I don't know if I can really say it lasted weird. a long period of time. I normally will, sh- will shake it, you know, and I, I don't know how long you're talking about, but I would normally, maybe I'll be in a really bad, foul mood for, for a day or two. And then I normally would come out of it. I've never, although I've never had anything happen to me, like my life revolves around mixed martial arts and then hearing, oh, guess what? This is over. This life is over. I've never had anything so traumatic. So yeah, yeah, it was, um, I, I know how long I went. I went eight months. I went eight wow. months without laughing because I, I, I mean, I got into that space quickly and I, I was watching myself. I was like, man, this is, this is really strange. I, I wasn't laughing. I was antisocial. When, I, when we went out, um, I remember we went to, uh, we, we would go to a, uh, a Cuban salsa dance club. And my girlfriend, diamond of a girl, inside and out. And I would watch these Cuban guys on the dance floor, twirling her around, trying to take her out of the bar. And I was yeah. sitting at the bar drinking like a bitter old man. And I didn't care. And when that registered to me, that, that was, that was the first significant shock that, Hey dude, you can do this. You can be this way for a decade or two or longer. And I was like, okay, that's a major, major world-class fail. I've got to change. So what I did is I decided I'm just, I'm some dude from, from Richmond, Virginia. You know, my dad is a small business guy. My mom was a teacher and I was brought up Southern Baptist. It was just, you know, average. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, well, I'm in this physical body. I wonder what will happen if I begin to clean it up. So at the time we went over there to teach English and that was slave labor. We hustled, smiled and got jobs at uh, an American international school. So we were on an American calendar, American curriculum, Four months paid vacation. It was a great gig. I was teaching kids sports. So it was one of my one of my uh, favorite jobs ever. So I had I had cash and I had time. I was like, okay, I had cash time and I had pain. <laughs> so I was right. very motivated, right? So I was like, okay, well, what do I do? 
I heard through the grapevine of about a health and detox facility down on the island of Koh Samui, which is an island in the Gulf of Thailand. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm going. I went and they do, they do intestinal, they, they, do, they do cleansing, they do fasting. People show up and they, they stop eating and they take detox pills and detox shakes and it cleans everything out, top to bottom. And, 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 and people come away different. Um, and also there's your groups of people are going through this program at the same time. So you meet friends, you meet people that have been doing this every year for 20 years. It's how they stay recharged wow. from the rat race and they've got techniques and ideas and experiences to share. And one, my third time down there, uh, I had an evening free and I went and I watched this guy give a talk on emotional detoxification. What he did, he was talking about language. He was talking about words and stories and how we create perspective and how how language can dictate perspective. I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. When it got fascinating is when he asked for a volunteer. This girl volunteered and she had a story about her boyfriend who cheated on her at Beach Week and broke up with her in front of all of her friends. She was traumatized about it and, and was having issues about getting involved with another person because every time she thought about having get, getting together with a going after a guy or you know having a boyfriend this old idea showed up in her mind and she flinched in seven yeah. minutes he took her from a story that induced the anxiety cycle or a stress response uh which included a lot of tears bro and yeah. in seven minutes he made key adjustments in her story, key adjustments to the to her word choice, and it shifted her perspective. And she was able to retell that same story with some with some key changes to it. And the story, her her interpretation of what happened was now more accurate. Her reaction to her new interpretation was one of relaxation and empowerment. And I looked at that. And I thought, man, I've got stories for years. How did you yeah. do this? Where do I go? And he, uh, he, he gave me a website. He said, there's an 81-page manual that you can download and start to apply to your own story. I went straight to the internet shop, downloaded it, and got to work. And um, about a year after that, I went and got trained in that specific system with, with the founder. Uh, and uh, shortly after that, started coaching people. And I've been doing it full time for 10 years since. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's something when you start looking at how to clean yourself up, it's, it's, I I don't know if I'd say it's more important. It's equally important. Which kind of garbage you're putting in your mind is what kind of garbage you're putting in your body. So it's, uh, if you're going to do it, you've got to, you've got to do it all the way around. So I think that was very perceptive of you. And I remember when in your workshop, you doing a similar thing, we're bringing up a a volunteer who would tell their story. And, you know, I, I really resonated with it because without having all the uh, technical insight that you have, I'm, I was very aware uh, going in that, you know, our 
life is the stories that we tell. And I've always been very, you know, fortunate to, I guess, be, you know, uh, an eternal optimist and tell these great stories. And really, I believe at the end of the day, we're all sort of just making it up. And what you make up, in a sense, is what becomes your reality. And so when you add all this technical aspect to it, that uh, people like yourself, and it sounds like the guy that you first were kind of turned on to this work from, uh, once you start looking at it for, through that technical lens, it brings some, some I guess, grounding reality to to it all and some, some, something to grab onto. Thousand percent, man. Thousand percent. Education equals choice. And like I mentioned, I was a teacher before I got involved in this. I ended up um, teaching for four years at that particular school. I got a master's degree in international education. And what I continue to come back to is that when people have understanding, knowledge, education about a certain patterns in their life, they inevitably have more choice. And like we mentioned before, that's, that's, that's the seat of empowerment. When, um, give me an example. Yes. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, I gave a workshop and went through the program, the, the explanation, and then got to the part where we do translations. And just like going from Japanese to German, we translate what we call conflict stories, which are made up of conflict language into architect stories that's made up of architect language. And a lot of the time, it's, it's, it's a few key word adjustments. Um, makes all the difference in the world. The conflict language, it creates and maintains the stress response. And architect language, it activates and maintains a relaxation response. And people change where they're breathing, change, the, change their, what they're envisioning. And, and, and in a very real sense, the, 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 the direction of their life, this, this girl... She was having problems in her adult relationships, and she described how she gets paranoid and clingy. And uh, she 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 took her she took her fist and she hit her chest a couple of times while she was describing this pattern. And I asked her, I said, "Where's the energy? Where's the where's the where's the the the, the sensation, the emotion that?" is involved in this pattern. And she, she pointed to where she was pounding on her chest. And I said, okay, cool. When was the first time you felt that? And she went straight to when her father would, he would say he was going to come pick her up and he would be off somewhere else. And this is how she described the scenario. And keep in mind, she was eight. Uh-huh. She used three words, there are three sentences to describe the scenario. She said, I'm all alone. Nobody cares about me. My father isn't here. Okay. Hmm. So like I'm thinking to myself, uh, uh, it's very rare that an eight-year-old will be completely on their own. And so I asked her, where were you? And she said, well, I was, I was at my mother's house. And I said, was your mother there? And she said, oh, well, yeah. And I said, well, then were you alone? And she says, well, actually, no, I wasn't alone. Hmm. And, and there were some other people in the house. She had, uh, she had a, her, her brother and a couple of cousins. And so we made an adjustment to that first sentence. And so uh, we put it in. I was at my mother's house and there were people there. Next sentence. So, the, so <laughs> I was at my mother's house. There were other people there. First sentence. Second sentence. Nobody cares about me. And notice that it's in present tense. 
And right. then the third sentence, my father wasn't there. Your father isn't there. So the second sentence we looked at, uh, did anyone care about you? Did your mother care about you? Did your brothers and, and cousins care about you? Aunts and what about your grandparents? Did, well, yeah, my grandparents, they, they all cared about me. Okay, cool. So we took out nobody and put in plenty of people. So the first sentence, and I hope that you're, you're following the tech. Uh, well, you've done the core language upgrade. So you, this, is, this is easy for you. I was yeah, at my absolutely. mother's house and there were people there. Plenty of people care about me. And my father negation isn't, negation keyword isn't here. Okay. And when someone, a child uses that, that kind of language, she's going to make her father's actions about her. So what, the, what her mind is thinking at the rest of that sentence, my father isn't here and it has something to do with me. She's taking it personally. Right. Right. And so I asked, okay, so if he wasn't there, where was he? Oh, well, he was at the bar. Okay. Your father was at the bar because he was feeling what? Uh, and she had, she, she, she stalled for a second and she dropped her head a little bit and she said, well, you know, he, he felt like a failure. I said, put that in. So her original statement, which constricted her breathing, created a worst case scenario in her mind and caused her a lot of stress and was one of the driving preconceived notions behind her problems she was having in her adult relationships. It started with this. I'm all alone. Nobody cares about me. My father isn't here. That's the conflict story, story A. And we went to story B, which is an architect story, which is more accurate. Okay, we're, 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 we're empowering, right? Very much so. Very much so. So I'm at my mother's house. There are people here. Plenty of people care about me. And my father was at the bar because he felt like a failure. Okay. That instantly brought her, she, she could see the, the situation. She changed her interpretation of the situation and it came Very down to so. the language that she used. Um, yeah. And that's, uh, that's what we do in vocabulary. We help people understand how their language influences them, how their language influences their imagination, their feelings, their physicality. And they're breathing. And yeah. uh, when people when when people have a choice between you know a, a, a punch to the nose or a massage, most people are going to take a massage, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you uh, talk about that I found really fascinating uh, that this makes me think of is you know you talk about using language or words as as spelling as casting a spell, and you even talk uh, about yes. the, the the meaning of the word abracadabra. Maybe uh, share a little bit of that. Absolutely. So it's, it's in almost, and I've given 351 professional presentations to date in almost every one of those presentations, because it's such an easy segue, Brandon, into, into our words and our stories. Everybody's heard of abracadabra. And so I ask, I say, when I say abracadabra, what do you think of? Just like that. Everybody goes to magic. Some people yeah. say Steve Miller or, uh, rabbits and hats, which is still magical connotations, abracadabra. Right. And, and I, I invite all of your, your, your listeners to look this up. It's cool. Abracadabra literally translates. Well, it's Aramaic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Aramaic is one of the two languages Jesus spoke. He spoke Aramaic and he spoke Hebrew. And Aramaic mm -hmm. is the language that the first Old Testament was written in. 
And abracadabra translates to with my word, I influence or with my word, I create. And I will remember to the end of days, the dinner that I had with a group of friends. This guy knew I was in the language, one of the guys at the table. And he asked me that same question. He said, hey, Mark, you know what abracadabra means? And I said in a very uninterested tone, I said, yeah, magic. And kept on eating. And he, he told me that story. Man, yeah. that guy had my attention like on a dime. And, um, and, and, and yeah, so let's, let's look at that. Here's another. This is such a profound example uh, that I end up sharing it a lot. I was coaching a young guy uh, about, his, about his career. And this is what he said, and this is what he did. He said, Mark, I can't, negation, I can't keep focusing on my past. And he turned around and looked behind him really, really fast, and then looked back at me. And we were, we were in two chairs facing each other. I, of course, saw him turn around and look behind him. He didn't. He missed it. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. And so I asked him, I was like, you know, you just turned around and looked behind you. And he was like, what? And I said, yeah, dude, you did. And I, then I asked, I was like, well, did you see anything? What were you envisioning? And he had to stop and think about it. He said, uh, wow, I saw myself in chains. So with his wow. language, with his language, he was influencing. What was he influencing? He was absolutely influencing his imagination. I can't keep focusing on my past. When I say that, if I ever say that, guess what I'm going to force myself to focus on? My past. Right. And that's what he did with himself. He saw him. He turned. He literally turned around. So he influenced his imagination. He influenced his physical body unconsciously. And he definitely influenced his emotions. He was very frustrated. Very frustrated and, and, and angry at himself. Um, yeah, and, and, and abracadabra, fascinating. That takes us to spells. This is Webster's definition of a spell. The definition of a spell is a word or a combination of words of great influence. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people really realize a lot of times how sensitive we all are. We're these... You know, we're these vibrational, energetic beings and every word, every we're constantly affected by everything energetically. And when you start looking at these spells that we're casting with these these words that we're using, they all have a vibrational you know, component to them. And if you're using words that are disempowering, that are conflict language, as you put it, you know, then you're going to feel the energetic repercussions of you're, you're, you're calling forth the, the vibration of, of conflict or can't or won't, or, you know, all these, these, uh, sort of, uh, negations and so forth. It's, uh, it's, it's incredible that we've kind of missed it in realizing how important this element is. And it, once you start paying attention, that's when it really gets to be, almost comical in a sense when you can catch how much you're using this conflict language. I mean, you have to laugh to keep from crying, yeah, right? Yeah, it's man. Because we're all constantly using these, you know, and, and I'll let you speak on it more. You know, you have key words for it all, which really helps to break it down. You know, negations versus affirmations or soft talk versus solid talk and projections versus reflection. So, um, you know, I, I know there's kind of a lot to this really when, as, as we are going to do our best to explain some of it and, and, you know, 
ultimately they need to go to procabulary.org and take the course. I mean, that's the most succinct, best way. But what we're going to do here is is our best between our open dialogue to give people a taste of of how you can really start to organize your thoughts surrounding, uh, you know, the the magic, the spells that you're casting in your own to create your reality. And I love how it ties into. I constantly am talking about creating your reality, creating your reality, and you know, life is magic. And this is such a great way to to bring some grounding to it. Wonderful. Yeah. Very well said, Brandon. And I'm, I'm very happy to share the tech, the language tech, the technical knowledge, uh, the knowledge of technique of vocabulary systems. And whoever listens to this, uh, the, the, the podcast, whether they go to the website or not, they will benefit from our dialogue today. And I'll, uh, I'll, I'll also focus in at the end of the, the tech breakdown, the language tech breakdown. I'll focus in on one word that they can use today, especially in emails. That's what we find. So we do vocabulary does very well in yoga circles um, because we've mapped the relationship between conflict language and breath response. And we do, we also do very well in corporate environments. Okay. And when we're, when we're working in corporate environments and, and coaching teams of people and organizations, we tell them that the fastest way to the easiest way and the fastest way that they can put these techniques and understandings to practice is in emails because there's a lag time. I can write my email out and look at what I've written and then ask myself, what, what is the person that's going to receive this? What are they going to imagine? How are they going to feel? How is this, 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 this code for another in, in a very real sense, how's it going to influence what they envision? And is, is that what I want? Um, okay. So we'll, we'll start with the foundational vocabulary breakdown. Uh, we'll start with the, the words to reality thought model. So this is the vocabulary thought model and it's super easy. Okay. Words are words create our stories and our stories shape are realities. Okay, and you can use in parentheses perspectives. Okay, so words to stories, stories to realities. So let's use that that gentleman that I talked about a second ago. Let's plug his words into the vocabulary thought model. I his words, I can't keep focusing on my past. What kind of stories are those going to are those words going to build, Brandon? I mean, then take a guess and you will get close. Well, he say, the statement itself seems to be problematic uh, in his mind. So mm-hmm. my guess would be he's going to focus on problematic stories from his past, things that bring him conflict or problems. Exactly. It's going to be more of the same. It's, 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 the, it's the thought train analogy is very accurate. So we latch on to a, 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 an idea, a particular sentence, some words, and then there's a car after that and then a car after that and then another thought after that and then then he's you know wallowing in a particular story for you know what a weekend or a week or a month or longer i mean people can stay people can people can focus their perspective i've done it they can focus and 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 maintain a perspective on why everything is awful in their life for long periods of time and uh you know i mean we we reap what we sow and so what we did with that, that young man, we, we did a translation. We went from negation 
I can't keep focusing on my past to affirmation. We took out the can't and put in can. And automatically that changes the rest of the sentence. So we went from I can't keep focusing on my past to I can focus on my future. Right. And yep. So we changed the words. We changed his stories. We changed his perspective. He was looking forward now. And, and, and everything else followed suit, how he was breathing and feeling. And that is, that's the, the, the definition of a spell. So there are three components of conflict language. And then there's three components of architect language. We'll make this very simple. The three components of conflict language are negations, projections, and soft talk. So negations, everybody's heard them. Uh, can'ts, won'ts, isn'ts, haven'ts, nots, shouldn'ts, don'ts. I don't like it when you treat me that way. Okay. Um, I, I, I won't spend all my money. I just made a picture of that person treating me that way again. And I made a picture of me spending all my money. So it, it, yeah. it, it definitely influences my imagination and everything else. So it's drumming up the vibration of that experience, which in my the way I my view of the world and I, I believe yours probably as well is if you're drumming up that vibration, it's like calling it forth into your experience. It's like asking for more of it. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it does. Uh, and the opposite of that affirmation. Hands will is has have does. Those words influence me in a very different way and develop my perspective in, in also a very different way. So we have negations and then affirmations. The second component of conflict language are projections. Projection keywords. You, he, she, they, someone's first name. Mom, dad, my mother's always trying to control me. Projection. So much of that goes on out there. I mean, when you think about projections, it's like people are projecting all the time. For sure. And, And what projections do quite reliably is that they create victim perpetrator mental imagery. So, um, woman came in and she said, uh, my, my husband ruined my relationship with my mother. Okay. So, <laughs> and <laughs> we'll go into this. So this is what she did. I'll, I'll share the whole thing. This is, this is a okay. fun podcast to do it. She said, she came and she sat down. She said, my mom, my, my, my <laughs> husband ruined my relationship with my mother. He wouldn't let me see my friends and he kept me stoned all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, of course, that was that was one of my favorite projections of all times. I'm not sure and if I, she was happy about that one or not. <laughs> at, you know, at one point in time, I bet she was happy about thinking that. And then after the divorce, she was upset because 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 because. So I asked her, I was like, well, how did he do it? And she just looked at me funny. And I said, no, really, how did he keep you stoned all day long? And she said, OK, well, I see where you're going with and so we took out the he and put in I. Right. And that is the key reflection word. So the opposite of a projection is a reflection. What happens when I walk into the bathroom and I look my, look at myself in the mirror? What do I see? I see my reflection. 
And so right. what we're very interested in doing for the sake of people's personal empowerment and, and developing their, uh, their, their, uh, a healthy perspective of how much influence they have in their life and, and can continue to have in their life. We take out the projection keywords. We take out the he's, we take out the she's, we take out the moms, we take out the dads, we take out my husband's. My husband kept me stoned all day long, took that out, put in I. I kept me stoned all day long. That was a much more accurate assessment of who was keeping her stoned. And from there, the rest of her projection stories began to unravel. And she was very happy about that. She was, she was stressing herself out with these chronic projection words and stories. And her reality was one of stress and anxiety. She was in Thailand and her, she had been separated from her husband for three years, and he was in, uh, he was in the UK. So, yeah, very accurate. Wherever we go, wherever wherever we go, there we are. We take our stories with us. Yeah, yeah, and it's so easy to start blaming someone else for all the all the issues. It's it's such, you know, it's the most disempowering thing you can do. This is happening to me because of them. You know, instead of focusing on what I have or haven't done or what I, where, where I have control and power, it's just constantly focusing on where I'm disempowered in that perspective. And it's, it's, it really, that's one that, you know, going through the course really hit me the hardest. It's like, man, the amount of people that are projecting all day, every day, and don't even realize how dis, how much they're disempowering themselves instead of looking at what they can do and where, what, you know, what they do have control over. Absolutely. And, and in a very real sense, this is simply an education issue. I often ask people in workshops and seminars, uh, raise your hand if you had any classes at all that went into how your language influences your imaginations, your feelings, your emotions, your physicality, and your breath response. And I've had four people raise their hand that were, wow. that were able to give uh, um, an accurate description of that. And those were coming from alternative schools, Steiner schools, Waldorf schools, Montessori schools. So what, what does that mean, man? What that means is that the vast majority of people's education about their language comes down to strict grammar and spelling. Yeah. I mean, it was, as much, it, was as, it was as much of a law as math for me in school. You spell yeah. the words this way, and this is how you spell them. Mark, you have zero say in the, in the matter. Yeah. And guess what? This is how you're going to combine them because this is how we've learned. This is, this is, this is how we're taught to combine them, and this is how I learned to com- combine them, grammar, and this is how you're going to learn to combine them. These are the rules, and the rules are solid. And our language has – there's a whole other realm of life to our words than, than grammar and spelling. Oh yeah. I mean, to me, this is so much more important. If I misspell a word, uh, that's not nearly as important as if I'm living my whole life projecting using negations and have no, uh, even perception that what I'm doing is creating all the pain and, uh, you know, turmoil in my life. Absolutely. 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 Uh, now, the other thing that you talk about is uh, one of the language components is soft talk and solid talk. Can you yeah, explain man. a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, and I'm, I'm giggling on this because on the surface, it looks, you know, yeah, okay, well, I can see the point. 
And then when we scratch a little bit, I was having this conversation last night at dinner. Um, soft talk is it's lethal. So soft talk, what are the soft talk keywords? Likes, maybes, I thinks, probably's, could be's. It's almost like I am's. So, Mm -hmm. well, maybe I could go to yoga class more often. When I say that, (laughs) what am I very, very, very likely not going to do? Yoga. (laughs) Yoga. What am I very likely to do? Whatever I'm doing at that moment or whatever, whatever I'm used to doing. Um, it's, 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 it's almost like I'm procrastinating, Brandon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Instead of I am procrastinating. And so what we do with soft talk, another interesting aspect of soft talk is that it creates a second identity. It's almost like, or I think I am a little upset about what happened. I think I there's two eyes in that sentence. And so what we do is we place, when I use that language model, I place some of the responsibility for what I'm thinking and feeling and eventually acting upon doing on that second I. I think I am a little bit upset as opposed to I am a little bit upset as opposed to I'm upset. Right. Okay. And here's where it gets weird. Er. Soft talk, when we go from soft talk to solid talk, it forces an issue. And when something is true or false, then we have to take action upon that information. And taking action brings up a variety of fears in people, fear of failure, fear of making the wrong choice, fear of looking stupid, fear of being judged. So if I push away confronting myself with very real possibilities and probabilities in my life, then I can put off making a decision. If I put off making a decision, then I, in one sense, think I'm safer. When in reality, indecision creates paralysis in people and an incredible amount of stress. And soft talk showed up in, to date, I've done well over 3,000 private coaching sessions. Um, soft talk showed up, played a major role in how the, the, the actual language, the syntax of the language of how people were terrorizing themselves with particular ideas and concepts, opinions, it showed up chronically, which is why it made the top three. Those three language patterns, which make up conflict language. Negations, can'ts, won'ts, don'ts, isn't, shouldn'ts, projections, you ruined my life, he won't let me do what I really want to do, my mother's always trying to control me, they don't ever give me any respect, projections and soft talk. I think I might change my life one day, maybe. Those are the three <laughs> language components that people use to, to, to script 90%, and that's a low number, of their personal nightmare stories. Wow. It's an incredible thing to, to realize and to, to really take in because it, it explains so much. And I think with soft talk, it's, it's an interesting point that you bring up. I, that's one that all of us tend to do. It's like we, it's almost like avoiding conflict or avoiding, like you said, making a decision. It's like procrastination's best friend. 
yes. to use yes. soft talk. Yes, um, well said. And a lot of, you know, I think one of the things you point out is you use a lot of ambiguous statements when you're using soft talk uh, in the in the program. I remember that. And um, I think yeah, at one point I, you even say, I think off the table, the words I think should just don't even use them. Like decide what it is going to be and state it. Uh, yes. Use consider. I, I believe you, you use the word consider instead of think, if I'm remembering correctly. That's a, it's a more present word to use. It keeps yeah. people, it's a more sincere word. Right. Think versus consider. When I'm considering something, if someone's considerate to me, that comes across. It comes across in how they, they, they speak to me, comes across in how I receive what they're saying to me. Um, and think, think is an overused word. It's an overused word. It is used a lot. I know I use it a lot. So this is one that definitely uh, hit home with me is the whole soft talk thing, because as much as I'm a fan of words and use words all the, all the time, you know, to create my reality and obviously doing a podcast, I'm someone who's very fond of, of speaking and talking and using words. I, I definitely became aware of my use of soft talk after going through your course. And so now it's, it's one of these things where sometimes you'll, you definitely are catching it more and more. I'll, I'll catch myself in the middle of it and being like, Oh, this is like, and you can feel. And when you're in the middle of using soft talk or a negation or a projection, if you pay attention to the way you're feeling, it's, you feel disempowered, you feel weak, your body language is changing. And you talk a lot about, you know, breathing, and how that kind of plays into all that. And I think that's really, really fascinating as well. Um, maybe you can speak a little bit more about what happens with the breath when you're doing these different things. Love to, love to. Uh, let's start with a statistic. This is coming from the CDC, Centers for Disease Control. And they have studied and estimate that 95% of doctors' visits are stress-related. Wow. That's an incredible statistic. It's an incredible statistic. And our breathing is part of the quote-unquote problem, and it's definitely part of the solution. Conflict, And we have language. We have language to describe how our breathing is influenced by our language or, or we have language to describe that our breathing responds to our stories. And so we'll say, let's clear the air. Of course, you've heard that before, right, Brennan? Sure. 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 So what, what air are we talking about specifically? Like the air in the closet or the air in my tires? No, the air in my lungs. Right. Let me get this off my chest. All right. Ooh, get, get what off my chest? Pressure, tension, tightness. And then when we do, we take a sigh of what? A sigh of relief. Absolutely. A sigh of relief of what? Pressure, tension, and tightness. Conflict language activates and maintains sympathetic nervous system response in people's bodies. And, and that's also known as fight, flight, or freeze response. And vast majority of time, it's freeze response. And what freezes up my breathing and the breathing is my breath. When I, when I, when I use conflict language, I activate that stress response. My breathing is 
locked in the upper part of my torso, which is known as shallow breathing or labored breathing or coastal breathing. Have you ever watched a baby breathe, Brandon? I'm sure I have at some point. Yeah, man. Where are they breathing? They're breathing into their stomach. Yeah. Okay. And then also, if any of your listeners have watched someone pass over, watch someone die, where are they breathing? Very likely, they're breathing in the upper part of their body. Yeah. And so we have mapped out the relationship between our language and our breath response. And 100% of the time, when we do translations, people take sighs of relief upon sigh of relief. And their body language demonstrates follows suit. They start to relax into themselves and they start breathing into their abdomen, which like we were talking about earlier, that is, so, so it, people are very interested and rightfully so in presence, being present, being present and aware, being in the moment. So when I'm in the moment, this is a great, great earmark for myself and other people that are interested in that. When I'm in the present moment, when I'm here, where am I breathing? I'm breathing into my stomach. I'm breathing into my abdomen. So one, we can go ahead and begin to habituate, learn and practice breathing into our stomach, and we'll be more, much more present for that. And we can also use our story to help keep our breath down there Right. And so when I shorten up a story and, and translate it from conflict language to architect language, I get that response amongst a, a, a variety of other you know, beneficial uh, responses. My, my breathing relaxes, relaxes into parasympathetic nervous system response. It goes down into my abdomen. And so from can there, you use, I'm sorry, can we, can, uh, go quick ahead. question. Can you use breath to get yourself into a more positive, you know, using, I guess, um, affirmations or solid talk or reflections. Um, you know, it's kind of like we're talking here. If you, if you're, if you're using negations and soft talk and projections, you're shallow breathing. If you're using affirmations, solid talk and reflections, you've got this deeper abdomen breathing. So is it, would it be safe to say if you even aren't even Focusing on your words as much, but focusing on your breathing and even your body language, you hear that as well. Sitting up straight with your chest out as opposed to, you know, hunched over and in in, in a smaller kind of, uh, I don't know, negative body language. Can, do they work both ways? I, I don't know if you fully follow what I'm saying. Can, can you use I, I one? I fully follow one? what you're saying. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. They, they're, they're feedback loops. So exactly. breathing into my stomach, into my abdomen and... Placing and, and using my body, putting my body in a, in a, in a certain position, whether it's seated or standing, um, empowering positions makes it a lot easier for me to stay out of what was me stories and practice architect language. And right. architect language makes it easier for me to breathe into my stomach and, 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 and act accordingly. So it's, it really is. It's, it's, it's an infinity loop. It's an infinity loop. It's fascinating. Now, what was your, what was your favorite thing about the core language upgrade? Well, for what me, your, what was your big takeaway? My big takeaway was 
you know, I'm such a fan of talking about energy and, uh, you know, how we're all just telling a story. I say it all the time. You know, I've told a story my whole life about creating a successful, you know, business, like uh, successful company and successful, nice. uh, you know, everything that I've done, it's honestly, and I say it all the time to people, I just made it up. I just made up stories and would tell them no matter what was happening, I'm living on a friend's couch. Oh, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be very successful one day. You just watch and here's how, and I'm drumming up that energy, drumming up that vibration, nice. drumming up that feeling. And it's something that what what I love about this, I love anything that comes and brings a technical aspect to help dis, to describe my craziness because it really it's necessary. Not everyone you're thinks more like, like you're me. Genius. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, they say there's a borderline between genius and uh, insanity, so I think I walk that that fence nicely. Um, but it. So my greatest takeaway was you're giving me some really uh, hardcore things to grab onto to to some technical stuff to say, Hey, here's, here's the technical, uh, information that is backing this up. And I think that's really, really important to, to get through to everyone. Cause some people will really resonate with, with my, my style and delivery and, and the way I talk about creating your reality and, and others are, you know, going to resonate much more so with these, you know, very technical, uh, hardcore way of looking at it that I think it's important to, to be well-rounded. So that is, I don't know if that's a, a, uh, really is, is defined of an answer as you'd like, but that's what I loved about it, it is that it gives me uh, something really solid to point to as if I am ever coming up against someone who's kind of, okay, this is too in the head in the clouds kind of stuff that you're talking about. I can say, yep. Okay. Go do vocabulary, please. <laughs> and this will help you to understand how you're creating your uh, reality. Here's proof that you're creating your reality by drumming up the vibration of the, of the words that you're using and, and the, the things that you're resonating with, the stories that you're resonating with. Cause that's a really big one for me is, you know, we're all just telling stories and so many people are, are focusing on bad stories. And if you just will make up good stories long enough and keep resonating with the energy of those stories, you know, my, my wholehearted belief is the universe has, it's the way it works. It's the way law of attraction works. We don't have to understand it to, to be affected by it. Just like I don't have to understand how law of gravity works, but if I walk off the edge of a cliff, I'm going to feel the effects. I believe the exact same well thing. You don't, need, you don't need to understand how law of attraction works, but it's a real force, and here's a way that you can use it to uh, attract uh, more of what you want to see into your, into, your, into your movie, your story. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I love about it. I feel like it's very complimentary to all the things that I constantly talk about. Nice, man. We had two child psychologists go through the program and what they said, it was, uh, I, I loved it. One of the girls, one of the doctors, she said, you guys did an excellent job of not pathologizing the schema. <laughs> <laughs> and what oh, she man. meant by that in layman's terms is that Anyone can understand this. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's very, very simple. And what I love about the course, because it's a lot, it can be kind of a lot to take in. Like a lot of things, it's very simple on one hand and another 
probably people are listening and saying, okay, what, hold on, what, what am I doing? What, what's, which one's projection, which one's reflection? Um, and there, you, you may want to even take notes. Of course, you can always listen back to the podcast again, but I think ultimately going and signing up for the course and going through it and you have at the end of each lesson, you have a daily lesson for what, three weeks, but they're very short each day, which I, I thought was really, really good. And then, you know, you're, you're then cementing the information in your brain with a little quiz at the end of each day. And, uh, so I think that's, that's really important is to, to focus attention on it for some period of time. You know, what is it? They say it's 21 days or something to really start a new habit. So I don't know if you did that by design, but, uh, I think it's a really great structure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We were to use one of my words that I referenced earlier. We were extremely considerate about who was going to take this program. And anyone that is, same thing with your podcast, people are going to sit down and listen to your podcast and contemplate what you're saying. They're proactive people by nature. And proactive people tend to be busy. And so we thought about that. We're like, okay, how do we make this information extremely palatable, digestible, applicable? and content and delivery. And as far as the delivery is concerned, we're like, okay, do short videos. So each day is a five minute video and uh, yeah, a short, quick, fun quiz that anchors in the main points of the video. And then three thought provoking questions. Most people are done in 10 minutes. People that take yeah. their time, 15. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. I mean, 10, 10 minutes is people have such a short attention span these days. So giving them 10 minute clips a day over a long, you know, a uh, three week time period, I thought was a really uh, smart way to, to structure the, the mm. course. Brandon, is this a good time to share a specific word for your listeners to keep their, keep their eyes open for? Absolutely. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll lead in with a story. I've had this happen to me so many times of, uh, I've, I've stopped counting and likely your listeners have too. So a friend gets a new car and it's a, it's a white Camaro. And then all of a sudden I start seeing white Camaros everywhere. Right. Or somebody starts talking about, a of taking a vacation to Italy. And then I noticed a, a an information booth at the, my local supermarket about vacationing in Rome, which is, you know, actually been there the whole time. I just missed it. Yeah. We have, have you ever done that, Brandon? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Most people have. Um, and in reality, we're all doing it. We have a piece of hardware in our brain. It's at the base of the spine. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's called the reticular activating system or RAS for short. And this piece of material, it's a, it's a thin little coating, really. Um, once it gets tuned, once it gets programmed to see something or look out for something, then it starts to find examples of that everywhere. So the person with the new Camaro, those white Camaros were there the whole time. I'm now more yeah. focused on it, and so I start to pick it up. And this, is, this also yeah. goes for why motorcycles – motorcyclists chronically complain about cars pulling out right in front of them. People, when they get their driver's license, 
they are they spend a majority of their time focusing and looking for other cars. And when the when a motorcycle shows up, they their RAS because it's not a car literally edits it out. Literally yeah. edits it out. Uh, I've got a couple of people that I know that think everyone is out to get them. <laughs> and they will walk into a situation and project that idea onto people that are really you know, neutral to positive. And what's gone on is that they have repeated victim stories to a degree where their RAS gets programmed to look out for those particular kinds of scenarios and yeah. edit out and dismiss people that you know, are there simply because they want to spend time with them or could quite literally add a lot of value to their life. They edit those people out just like people edit out motorcycles when they're looking for cars. It's the exact same scenario. It's the exact same hardware. So what we'll do is we'll use that to our advantage to pay more attention to the negation keyword, but what? Yeah. But that's a very interesting negation. Yes. Quite commonly used. And it's got some very interesting implications. So someone comes up to me and they said, uh, Mark, I really respect your opinion, but (laughs) the hammer falls. (laughs) Right. What, what, what happens? What happens? I negate what they said before, and I'm expecting we uh, I do exercises with this in, in workshops. You know, you've done a good job, but I really respect your opinion, but I know you're really busy, but <laughs> my personal favorite, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But <laughs> I'm, I'm about going to. to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm about to. <laughs> or more accurately said, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to help you hurt yours unconsciously, most likely. Right. Um, yeah, and so we go through the drill of using and instead of but. And after this short uh, conversation, people will be more attuned to pick it up, listen to it. You'll hear it everywhere. Uh, uh, look for it in your in your. Uh, your emails, and you'll you'll have plenty of opportunities to replace the buts with the and. So I really respect your opinion, and we need to improve uh, these areas of what you're doing. And what it does is it, it uh, it's such a different it feeling. I mean, just hearing it, massive, yeah. massive. It yeah, levels that's what the playing I, I field. love about this so much is. You really, you know, just getting back to what did, what did I like about the program so much? It's paying attention to how I, how differently I feel when you, when you improve the way something's being said, when you, when you, you know, get rid of the negation, the negations are using a solid talk instead of soft talk. It's just like, there's, there's, it it really drives home. And I think I said it earlier, but I can't stress it enough how important it, it, it is from my perspective, the feeling that comes along with every little word I'm, I don't think people really are paying that close attention to how we're really being taken on a roller coaster ride all the time with words. Each word that but gives me a totally different feeling in my energy field than and. And uh, it's something no one's really paying attention to. And I, if, if imagine if we all started paying attention to this and really focusing on improving our language uh, individually and collectively, the different you know experiences we would create. 
Yeah, we would create different experiences. We we would definitely create different stories. We would date, we would create different realities, and um, and a lot of what is deemed as as social ills would would begin to dissolve and evaporate, and would I mean hocus pocus abracadabra would literally start to disappear. It would start to disappear. Right. Our, we would literally begin to ignore it because our RAS systems, our reticular activating systems, would begin to, to focus on other things, more harmonious things. And from there, uh, uh, that, that's, direction, that's the direction people like yourself are going in, people that listen to your podcast are going in, people that stop and think and contemplate about what they're eating and what, how they're communicating and, and how they're sleeping, how they're, what they're driving all the different ways. Cause it, at the end of the day, it really is. It's just about potential. Yeah. It's about potential. Okay. Well, this, yes. These, these problems have been going on for how long, who's involved. Okay, great. Where are we going? Where are we going? The first thing my driving teacher told me when I got in the car, I said, look where you're going to go. Cause you're probably going to go there. And that's what you were doing on the couch. You were using your language to look where you're going to go. You just pointed that one flashlight in any one of those 360 degrees around you. You would have gotten a different picture at each one of them, and you chose. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm going where I want to feel good. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is just yet another example of talking about this RAS system acting as a real time editor. It's 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 another great example of bringing some uh, some science to all this, creating your reality stuff. Because you know, I always think of the example Mother Teresa, uh, you know, Nobel Prize winner and humanitarian everyone's familiar with more most people i'm sure you know she's asked in the in the 60s to join a march uh against the war in vietnam and she said you know no i can't do that but if you have a march for peace i'll be there and it's understanding that hey what i'm focusing on what i'm giving energy to i'm creating more of and the best thing that you can do is is to you know, is to start editing out the things that you don't want to see and uh, focusing your energy because, you know, let's face it, there's so much information flooding us at all times. We can only process so much of it. We might as well focus on what we want to see more of. So I really love this, this RAS, you know, uh, example, because like I said, yet again, it ties in. Here's, here's some science behind why you want to put your attention on, you know, where attention goes, energy flows, put attention on what you want to uh, see more of. And if you don't like something, I, I believe the best thing you can do is give it no attention. And so many people get caught up on drumming up what's, here's what's wrong with the world. Here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. Yeah. We could talk for eternity about what's wrong. Let's take our precious energy and put it on what's, what's right, what we want to see more of. Amen. And I think that, Amen. that ties into this. You know, where, where's my leverage? Where's my leverage? A, a large part of my leverage is, is in my community, in my social circles. So, you know, is it, is it, am I shaking my fist in the air at the, at the big picture problems? Yeah. I've done it. I've yep. definitely done it. We all have. And I find <laughs> I get a much better result for myself and my immediate environment when I focus on enjoying and celebrating and developing my, my, my smaller social circles, my community, yeah. people that are right in front of me. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road. It's not on CNN. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about it, you know, in the course, clear, clearing everyone out of your head. So there's only room for, for one story, yours. Yes. And I yes. think that's such a, yes. 
that really simplifies and empowers uh, an individual. Imagine if everyone started doing that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, like I mentioned before, I'm an MMA, uh, uh, big, big MMA fan. It's the only sport I follow. I can relate to it. Um, I can relate to the, the highs and the lows that the fighters go through. Yeah. And I, what, an hour before I watched, uh, before we did this podcast, I watched a 12 minute video, um, of Nick Diaz, who's uh-huh. one of the best, uh, uh, 170 pounders in the world. Sometimes he does 185, but anyway, he's great, man. great fighter, controversial fighter. Uh, and, and the guy's a marijuana smoker and he's gotten, he's failed three drug tests. The last drug test that he failed was, uh, questionable. Anyway, he gets a five year suspension. Holy moly. Yes. He's 32. So that, that takes him to the, the edge of his, his Career. window. Yeah. And, um, and I watched a video of him right after he came out of the, uh, NAS with North Nevada state athletic commission NC or NSAC after he came out of his hearing and, uh, and man, that guy, he was, of, of course he was upset and he was spraying projections yeah. everywhere. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, that is going to sting. He's going to sting himself as long as he maintains that because his language was dictating his perspective. And, uh, yeah. and, and yeah, I was, I was, I, I broke my business partner, Adam, who is a, uh, a, a, an amazing guy, genius, funny, funny, funny dude, mm, wears multiple hats like a, like a, like a king, um, and is a massive part of vocabulary. Uh, uh, yeah, my hat's off to cool. that guy. Cool. And he'd be, he'd be a very interesting guy to have on the podcast because he will, he comes at this from a very different angle, similar and different and and mm-hmm. beneficial so a follow-up podcast it, it would be cool man um the guys yeah, would love to do that i sent him the sms or the link to to nick diaz's interview and and pointed out like i really needed to point out because yeah, right. vocabulary adam gets the whole projection thing um I, I was like man check out his language and i you know what i really felt for the guy i really felt for the guy and we do yeah. that. We do we do that until we don't. I do that until I don't. I've done that until I've stopped. I've created massive victim, massive victim projection stories. And eventually I thank God or thank whatever caught on to it. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this the only way that I can see this scenario? Is this the only way I can see myself? Uh, I've got options here. And we yeah. all have options here. And everybody listen to this. We have options. And, and, and yeah, so just because you've told the story and, and, and lived from a certain perspective, you know, every day is another, every moment is another chance to turn it all around. And uh, I think that's, that's a key thing. People sometimes feel like, Oh, it's too late for me. I I've been doing this so long. How could I ever snap myself out of it? And it's once again, they're casting a spell with that thought, right? Oh, you know, it's too late for me. How could I ever snap myself out of it? I, I, I can't. Okay. And so you can't, you know, Henry Ford, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So I think that's right there, man. really important that people uh, understand that everything is always leading them to the next 
you know, it's always an opportunity around the corner. So this sure. is such a, such a wonderful opportunity. And this has been really, really great kind of digging in with you here. A couple other things I would My like pleasure, to ask Brian. before we, yeah. we, we sign off here. One Go of the things it. you talk about is, uh, the kindness translation, uh, at the, at the very end, which I found really fascinating. Could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Kindness translation is special. Um, so it goes into an element of conflict language. And then as an act of, we use as an act of kindness, I will continue to feel a certain way or think a certain way. And what it does is it highlights the, hmm, the, the, the ridiculousness of my motives. So Stephen and his family are going through a really rough time and so there's the story and we identify our feelings and I'm feeling really upset about it. Yeah. Okay. So we identify the story, we identify the feelings, and then we put as an act of kindness <laughs> in, in between. So Stephen and his family are going through a really rough time. And as an act of kindness, I'm going to feel bad for them. <laughs> it instantly makes you realize how how ludicrous your ludicrous your perspective in, in, is. Yeah, exactly. Instead of as an act, it, 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 it helps me check my position, right? And how I'm approaching this, and what am I really adding to? I mean, can I feel bad enough to help Stephen and his family feel better? That's that's another way of absolutely of, not of talking about the, the kindness translation, and so. Uh, uh, okay, Stephen and his family are going through a really rough time. And as an act of kindness, I'm going to bake an incredible meal for them with plenty for leftovers, have them over, take their mind off of whatever they're going through and, and help them celebrate a little bit of their life. That's a much more accurate match. Absolutely. There's, there's, there's kindness in there that actually benefits someone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then you, you talk a little bit about, you give an example. Um, you said something to the effect of, you know, did you see what happened to those people lost at sea? And you kind of talk about in the, um, one of the courses, stay uninvolved with bad feeling stories if there's nothing you can do about it, you know? Uh, Amen. Amen. I thought that was a really great point because how often are people, you know, I think of talking to my mother about what she saw on the news. This, oh, did you hear about this awful story? And, you know, and, and meanwhile, in, there's in nothing Burma. that they can do. Yeah, exactly. In Burma. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, or some right. other, what, what, what can I do? What can yeah. I do? And that's one of the interesting aspects about the news. And people, more and more people are going to different uh, outlets Alternative to get outlets, information yeah. and news because people are catching on to the, guess what? What I put into my mind influences how I feel. So the old model was, let me watch the news. Let me pay attention to a myriad of things that I have zero influence in. And, and in between those horror stories, uh, let me watch uh, advertisements for stuff that I can buy that will help placate my feelings of misery. Right. <laughs> It's, it's wild when you really think about it. It's, it, you know what? It's funny too. Charlie Chaplin said that life viewed under a microscope 
is a tragedy. Life viewed under or from a life viewed from afar is a comedy. Right. It's a comedy. And, you know, talking about my sense of humor, I lost my sense of humor at one point in time. That was, I'm, I'm glad it happened at the time, man. That was, uh, that, that was, that was a, a definite experience, a real wake up call. And, uh, and, and the more of my personal conflict stories, my victim stories, my stories of, of personal disempowerment that I choose to look at and contemplate and rewrite Man, the funnier everything gets, the funnier everything gets, the funnier I get, the, 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 the more I laugh, the more people around me laugh, the less serious I am. I was, dude, I was a king of serious. I was a <laughs> king of serious in, in, in a bad way, in a bad way. I thought that, uh, I thought that that's, that was how you know, men conducted themselves. And, and the martial arts just made it that much worse. I was a, I was a serious martial artist. And I walked around that way and my face reflected it. And guess what else reflected it? Other people back to me. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the perspective rules and smiles help. Smiles help so much. They, I love smiling now. It's, it's, my, it's my default program because the more I smile, talking about making things easier, making use, making, using architect language easier, the more I smile, the more easy I am with my breath. And the easier I am with my breath, the more relaxed my body is. The more relaxed my body is, the easier it is for me to use my communication skills with myself and other people to help create the, the kind of realities and environments that I thrive in, which is the act, exact opposite of the anxiety cycle. And when I was talking to a group of people about this on Saturday, when people deliver information when they're relaxed and they're breathing into their stomach, it's, it comes across because it is, it's more matter of fact. Yeah. And that carries a very different weight. I'm sure you've had, you've, you have, you've had to, I mean, you, you've been talking to people for years. You've had conversations with people that have been speaking from their, their chests, from stressed out places and, and it's had certain effects on them and yourself. Yeah. And the more that we practice breathing in and delivering our message from our abdomen, whether it, whether we're talking about um, developing corporate cultures, uh, uh, increasing sales, talking to our children, um, using stories to help us uh, uh be more harmonious with our partners. I mean, whatever it is, um, breathing from our stomach is, it's, it's, it's part of, it's, it's part of the human evolution. It's, it's part of humans. Next evolution. There's a tadpole down in South America that if the conditions are of a certain nature, that tadpole can stay a tadpole and mate with other tadpoles and have baby tadpoles. And if the conditions change, then the thing turns into a salamander and then it, and then it mates with other salamanders. And, and, and so it's the same thing with us. It's the same thing with us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all know those examples of speaking to someone who is stressed or breathing shallow. 
and we're all so sympathetic. It's we're all reacting constantly to the energy around us. So if they're feeling that way, you're instantly feeling that way. And now the whole communication is strained and there's an uncomfortableness. And, you know, I think that's a very key point and a great one for us to kind of end it on. It's like, of course, encouraging everyone to go to procabulary.org and checking out, you know, what you guys have put together. Um, but you know, even just the simplest thing, Hey, I'm going to start focusing on deep breathing in all of my interactions in my daily life, just making sure I'm breathing very deeply and then speaking and then interacting. And I think just that simple, but profoundly empowering change in your physiology will make it so much easier to then be conscious of what you're saying and what's coming out of your mouth and what's empowering and what's not. Agreed. 110%, man. That's a, that's a, Arguably, the easiest thing that we've talked about in this podcast to focus on and put into practice. Where am I breathing? Because the language it, it takes there's 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 study involved. There's there's the, the 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 learning curve involved. Breathing it's it's immediate. Where where am I breathing? Okay, cool. Well, let me put my breath into my stomach and keep it there for a little bit longer, and and then uh, cool. See what happens. Absolutely. So this has been wonderful, Mark. Uh, I appreciate you so much coming on the show and I certainly would like to circle back around with you and maybe your partner down the road and, and revisit this because this is a topic I feel like we could probably go on forever and ever on. Um, one of the last things I'd like to ask is, is the question I love to put people on the spot with. And uh, so what I'll do that good. now. <laughs> yeah, something tells me it's not gonna intimidate you too much, but um in 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life according to Mark England? The meaning of, I'll personalize this, the meaning of my life. The meaning of my life, one of the meanings, one of the messages of my life is that what we focus on, that we have a choice that we have a choice, Brandon, that I have a choice, that I, I, can, I can choose to be that serious, overly strict and, and, and rigid individual that I was, or I can, I can celebrate, I can laugh, I can move, I can breathe. And whatever we're doing, we're sharing. What do I want to share with people? What do I want to share with my kids? How do I want? Okay. Well, here's another, another angle. How do I want to die? Yeah. I want to die. Well, I want to look back and say, I nailed that. Yeah. And I know what part of that entails. And part of that entails sharing this message and you're helping me share this message. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Very well said. Um, Mark, you, you said it well in the, at some point in the, um, vocabulary course you said life is your canvas and words are your paint and i um, think uh that's a very <laughs> a, a brilliant statement and i hope that people uh you guys out there listening take away from this and uh mark thank you once again and uh, i look forward to following the success of uh procabulary thank you brian and i appreciate you i appreciate you having me on i appreciate everyone that's listening to this um yeah it's been a pleasure and an honor Great, great. Well, everyone, that concludes our podcast. Mark, thanks again for helping to enlighten myself and the audience on this very important subject of language mastery. 
And for those of you who want to continue this journey into language mastery, be sure to go to procabulary.org and sign up for the core language upgrade course. And remember to use the promo code positive head, all one word to get your $50 off. Uh, otherwise, thanks again for joining me on the positive head podcast. Until next time, remember, as long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Be well, everyone.